0: Omagyan hmm. um, timidantasya gyan, and the Shalakaya chukrudan millitung yen at us my Sri Reve Namah Mukankaroti vachalambangum, Lankaya tegirim, the Kripa Tamaham Bandai, Sri Gurundi Nataranum Sri Chaitanya Manobhistung, Stapitung Yedaputade, Svayam Rupakadami radis va vancha kalpa tarubhyascha kripa sindhobyeivacha putitanam bhavanebhyo vaishnave namo oh, oh hari krishna uh, dandavats to all the devotees um and this will be uh, our last discussion of Guru Tatra through the lens of the first three Angas of Vaithi and Bhakti presented in the Bhakti to Sindhu. So as uh, those of us who participated before may remember, um, the first uh, of the Angas um, of Vaitisada and Bhakti presented in the Bhakti to Sindhu is um, taking shelter of uh, the lotus feet of the spiritual master, um, Sri Guru Parashaya. And we talked before about the importance of the the spiritual master in the Sataka's life. Um, And um, we'll see a little bit more of that um, in today's discussion from perhaps a little bit different angle, although some of it will be will sound like, um, I guess, not repeating as much as underscoring um, how important the guru is in the life um, of the disciple. Um, Okay. And then the next was accepting um, initiation and instruction from the spiritual master. And initiation is the process by which the guru gives the disciple um, transcendental knowledge. Um, and that includes, that includes giving of the sacred mantras. So, in our lineage, um, especially from Bhakti to Saraswati Thakur, uh, we have two what we refer to as initiations first initiation and second initiation. Um, the first initiation is um, Nam, giving of, uh, of Nam the way our Guru Maharaj, uh, Swami Tripparari presents it, is as the Guru's blessing, the uh, disciples um, chanting of Um The disciple doesn't begin um, chanting at that point, but at this point, it, and um, I, I'd like to note that sometimes Srila Prabhupada wrote, um, on a couple of occasions, he wrote that first initiation was the more important initiation. Um, He also wrote uh, many times, including in a a letter to me, that the second initiation was the real or more important initiation. And I'll talk about that for a moment. the reason you might say the first initiation is the more important initiation is because that is when the the shisha and the guru, the student and the teacher, um, make a commitment to each other. The guru commits to the disciple, commits to serving the disciple by instructing him or her um, in the uh, process, uh, the abhideya, the process of, of, of sadhana bhakti, so that the student might attain um, the prayojana, the goal um, of sadhana bhakti, which is pava. And ultimately, um, that the uh, disciples' bhava will grow um, fully mature into prema. So that, that's the guru's commitment to the disciple. I'm here to help you. I have your back. I will instruct you. Um, I will tell you whatever I think you need to know. I will tell you whatever you think you need to know, um, you know if it's actually something essential. And the disciples' commitment is to serving the spiritual master, uh, which is uh, today's um, unga. The disciple's commitment is to helping the guru in carrying out his or her mission in life, which is to spread the teachings of Lord Chaitanya, uh, to spread the, uh, as Srila Prabhupada puts it when he describes the seven purposes for which he um, created the International Society for Krishna Consciousness, which which was also very similar to the purposes he gave for creating the League of Devotees, uh, whatever it was, 10, 12, 15 years earlier in Chansi, uh, in, in India, um, the techniques of spiritual life. Um, and that is that so that's the Abhideya. Uh, the Prabhupada uh, the, the, the guru's business is to um, share his or her bhakti with the disciples. That's exactly um, what they do. Um, as we'll see, um, as we read, the um, disciple gets bhakti from the devotees. The Bhagavatam tells us, bhakti-sanjatiya bhakti, that we get bhakti from bhakti. Therefore, I think we discussed this last time, um, that um, bhakti is described earlier in the Bhagavatam as a key. Uh, causeless, which means it doesn't have any cause other than itself. So that's what we mean in in the 11th canto when we hear, bhaktiya-sanjateya bhakti, bhakti comes from bhakti. The sadhaka gets the the practice of sadhana from the sadhu, from from the guru, from uh, his or her association uh, with devotees. That's where we we actually get Pakti. And we'll take a look at Bhaktivinoda Thakur um, uh, discussing just that in in, uh, his Harinam Chintamani. It's in the chapter on Satu Ninda, avoiding the importance of avoiding Satu Ninda, offending the Vaishnavas, whose lives have been dedicated uh, to imbibing and sharing uh, the teachings of Lord Chaitanya. So we get bhakti from the bhaktas and um so sadhana bhakti comes from the bhaktas Uh, i think i've mentioned this before as well in his madhurya kadambani Vishwanath chakravarti talker describes how he describes how we get bhakti and that is um when bhakti take when when uh, when a, uh, a devotee accepts bhakti, when a jiva accepts bhakti into her or his heart um, uh, by the grace of another bhakti, so bhakti lives in that in that devotee's heart, and um, if that devotee is a little mature and has an inclination to share bhakti with others. Uh, Prabhupada liked to use the word preaching. Um, Then she follows that devotee's lead. Vishwanath begins the Madhuri Kadambani with a fairly elaborate argument for just how independent Krishna is, which is absolutely independent, completely. Can't be hindered by anything. Um, And he does that to make one point and that is that bhakti is every bit as independent as Krishna is. She can go wherever she likes. But here's how, she, and then he explains, but here's how she does it. She's taken shelter in the heart of the devotees who have accepted her. And if they're inclined to preach, if they're inclined to share their bhakti with others, as the Matima bhaktas are, because they're able to discriminate among four different broad categories of entities. Um Ishware, Balish, Balisha and Dvisat. The Lord, his devotees, his own folks, Tadadineshu, um, his own. issue, um, those who uh, who don't have faith in bhakti, who, who haven't yet received bhakti but are innocent. Uh, in other words, they just you know they just haven't developed that faith yet but they're not inimical and those few do are those few who are inimical and they behave differently um, uh, with those four different kinds of entities for god they have love for the devotees they have friendship for the innocent they have uh, compassion kindness mercy and for the um, atheist for the, the those who are actually envious of the lord uh, they have not na- neglect. Uh, 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 what they have for those folks is neglect. They don't have any time um, to uh, to wrangle with them. Um, uh, we don't have time for arguing with the likes of uh, of Daniel Dennett or um, whoever the new atheist of the day is. so um so for those who are innocent, the, the, the devotees are naturally compassionate. And so they want to share, they want to make a connection, a heart connection with with the uh, other jivas who haven't yet been able to receive the mercy of the Lord through what Vishwanath Thakur calls um, uh, agents of Krishna's Kripa Shakti, those devotees who are inclined um, to teach or preach. Um, Samanta again, Abhida again, and, and Prayogin again. So this is how it happens. It happens through the agency uh, of the of the devotee, and the process uh, that that begins that is called diksha or initiation. So we have the first initiation, the um, imparting of the holy name, although. All of us know that we were chanting the holy name before we accepted initiation from our spiritual masters. But the second and the first initiation is the guru accepting the disciple and the disciple accepting the guru. There's this bond. I've sometimes compared it to marriage. We can date, we can cohabit, but there's something um, qualitatively different in, in most instances uh, between living together or hanging out together and actually being married married implies oneness right it means it's a it's a it's a very intimate joining where the two become one where you and i become we now there is that sense in any friendship um uh even a parental relationship um and even um um maybe a less committed romantic relationship there is that sense but when, when we're married, it's like, we make this commitment. We're a unit. You're still you, I'm still me, but together we're we. It's, the romantic notion is us against the world, right? We can take on. There was this very, um, oh, there was this very romantic movie in the mid 60s, Swedish movie called Elvira Madigan. And it's about a young, Swedish army officer who fall in love, falls in love with this beautiful circus performer. And she runs away from the circus and he deserts the army and they go off together um, to be, simply to be together. And it's this, it's just, it, it was described as a beautiful movie. And indeed it was, it was beautiful in every way, including the heartbreaking tragedy of the, of the way the story um, evolved and, and concluded. Um, uh, and uh, I, I don't want to say more in case, any, in case anybody ever wants to, to watch this movie, but this is like, you know, like it's probably um, in some ways kind of uh, there with Romeo and Juliet as, as this great, uh, romantic, tragic um, story. So there's this, but when, so when we marry, though, there's this, this commitment, you know, for better or worse sickness and health. Um, poverty and wealth, whatever it is, um, we're together. We're gonna to stick together and we're going to do this together. So it is with initiation, which I've uh, referred to as one of the gravest um, decisions that someone can make um, in their life. This is a big decision um, to uh, approach a guru and ask for initiation and, and then accept that initiation. And it's a big commitment for the guru, big decision for the guru to. Uh, decide to accept the disciple, because that disciple becomes part of the Guru's, in in a sense, the Guru's family. So it's a big thing, this um, initiation. And then the diksha, uh, the second initiation that that, um, we have coming from Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, especially, is what is generally referred to as initiation or diksha in in the Gaudiya Vaishnava tradition, where that's the imparting of the um, of the sacred mantras uh, that are used for meditation and for um, worshiping the deity. And so Srila Prabhupada, um, often he wrote more often that the second initiation, uh, this Diksha is the real initiation, or the more important initiation. This is a very the, the, the first initiation might be a kind of, maybe a little tentative in in some sense, although we shouldn't see it like that. Um, but it's a it's a sort of a provisional initiation when, then when the guru and the disciples see that they both can live up to their um, their ends of the deal I guess it's not a transactional thing but uh, still there there is a um, a sense in which you know we make I make a commitment to serve the guru and the guru may, uh, by by assisting her in or him in their mission and uh, the guru makes it a uh, a commitment to serving the disciple uh, by helping them in their um, in their practice and guiding them um, in their service and frankly accepting their service. that's actually a great um, boon for the disciple when the guru actually accepts even a small service from from the disciple it's a it's a big big thing so uh, taking shelter of the lotus feet of a spiritual master, and then accepting initiation and instruction from the spiritual master. Initiation is part of that step, but accepting instruction in um, uh, in sambandha again, um, understanding our relationship uh, with the Lord, Abhideya again, activating that relationship by uh, by our practice, uh, by our sadhana, and um, and then prayojan again as well. What is the goal? Why do we do um all these different um things, which might seem a little exotic um, to some people? Uh, so why do we do all these things? And that is to attain um prema prayojan. Our prayan is Krishna Prema. So with that in mind, and then also we remember that these first three Angas are. And, and I'm going to uh, also wind up with that again today, but I just wanted to mention it um, before I move on to this third anga, that um, the, these first three angas, they're part of, these, of the first 20 angas, which Rupa Goswami characterizes as the entrance to the temple of Bhakti. So that raises a question, at least in, in my mind, um, to what extent do we have access to the other angas of bhakti? Um, if we haven't taken shelter of the guru, if we haven't made that commitment through um, accepting um, uh, initiation and instruction from the guru, and if we haven't um, uh, given our life to serving the spiritual master. Um, I don't remember. I think I might have mentioned this last week, but I remember. I do remember something that I wrote in my letter asking for initiation. Uh, and that, there was actually, actually, one request. I asked the Prabhupada to accept me as his disciple and to engage me. I didn't ask him to take me back home, back to Godhead, or I don't know what other devotees were asking, but I asked him to accept. Please accept me as as his disciple, and um, to engage me in helping him in his service of spreading Mo no Chaitanya's mission for the rest of my life. Um, he has done that. He has kept me engaged um, progressively throughout my life, even through my long um, family life of over 40 years. So, um, and, and apparently progressive, progressively enough that I was drawn out of family life um, after my kids were... Uh, my daughters were grown and, and married. So, um, you know, this is this is um, our life. So then the third step, the third of the um, Angas is Vishram Pena Guru Seva. So I'm going to see if I can do some screen sharing here without embarrassing myself and my entire Guru Varga. So I think A good place to start would be with the Bhakti-rasamma to send it. Oops, click the wrong darn button. Share screen. Oh, not too bright. So here we see this third anga uh, in um, the 99th text of the second chapter, the second chapter um, of the uh, eastern ocean of the second wave that we encounter in the eastern ocean of the Bhakti-Rasamu the, uh, um, Dasinti, the ocean of the nectar of, of devotional service is Vishram uh, Pena Guru seva. So Rupa says, Vishram Pena Guru seva yata So he's presented it earlier, and this is from the part of this chapter where he's actually discussing is presenting the pramana verses for these um different angas of bhakti so the list was earlier and now there this is this is in the discussion um so he says serving the guru with reverence from the 11th canto um, and the verse 74 that refers to where it appears um, in the list of the 64 angas that's presented at the beginning of the chapter and um the verse is um, from Krishna's instructions to Uttava in the 17th chapter of um, the 11th canto. So this is part of the Uttava Gita. And Krishna says to Arjuna, One should know the guru as myself. Him, an ordinary man or woman, for he is the representative of all the demigods. Um, Sarva Deva, um, he is the essence of all the devatas. Um, Maya means uh, uh, being all about, or being composed of, or being kind of essential. Um, so, uh, and Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur. Comments, he said, one should know that the Acharya belongs to me. So here he's uh, you know, per, per, uh, paraphrases it. He says, one should know that the Acharya belongs to me. Acharya mom. So this mom apparently is possessive. The, the Acharya is mine. This agrees with such sayings as the revered, I remember the revered Guru as the dearest of Mukunda. One should not disrespect the Guru by thinking him or her an ordinary human. So, um, and this reminds us of the seventh verse of Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur's Vashtaka, which um, Srila Prabhupada taught his disciples to sing every morning in his, centers that he established for the International Society for Krishna Consciousness, and which uh, Swami Tripurari has uh, discussed extensively, repeatedly, and oh, so wonderfully. Um, um, but the spiritual master should be seen um, as good as the Supreme Personality of Godhead. You might remember if we've heard um, uh, Srila Prabhupada's pastimes in the early days of his teaching in, uh, in the West, when he first gave initiation, his Nam initiation, to some of his disciples in 1966, they asked, well, well, what does that mean, initiation? He says, it means you should accept the guru as being as good as God, which um, made some of them actually have to pause and, and think for a moment. Uh, what does that mean? And so they discussed it with him. So All the scriptures say, just as we see here, um, that the guru should be respected um, as the same. Acharya Mam, the guru is identified with the Lord. Um, but this Acharya Mam, um, there's another implication there because it's it's possessive. Uh, kintu Prabhurya Priya, evitasya. And even more than that, the guru is dear to to, to Mukunda, dear to the Lord, very dear to the Lord um, because the guru is committed. Uh, to the service of the Lord and to engaging others um, in the Lord's service as well. So, um, this is um, certainly um, interesting. Now, we can take a look at this same, and this is a very short section. There's not a lot of discussion. There's not um, a commentary by Jiva Goswami, um, even you know, like a five or six sentence commentary by Jiva Goswami. There's this very short commentary from Mishra Chakravarti Chakrabartyataka. So not a lot of discussion, which, uh, from which I infer the, uh, that this is something that was well understood and didn't need a lot of explanation. So then we can take a look at the same instruction as it appears in Shiva Prabhupada's um, nectar of devotion. Um, serving the spiritual master with faith and confidence. Now, that's just, that's really interesting in itself. Because he adds, um, well, the, the, the diction that he, cho- the language he chooses here adds dimensions. Um, we see what we see in the um, in the Bhakti to Sindhu is, uh, at least in the translation, and that seems to be supported by the verse that's chosen to um, serve as evidence for this um, Anga of Bhakti reverence. Um, sometimes Prabhupada says awe and reverence. And, and when, he dis- when he talks about Vishram Paina Guru Seva, he, he uh, quite consistently, not 100%, but quite consistently, presents it in that way, that there's some distance uh, between the guru and the disciple, which is um, an appropriate thing. At the same time, maybe not too much distance, or at least less distance as the relationship um, progresses. So faith and confidence, that um, very much brings in, uh, in that vishrambha, which we'll uh, discuss at further length in the in a few minutes. So Srila Prabhupada says, well, it's interesting. I find it interesting that at the end of the previous dis- uh, discussion of the previous anga, uh, accepting initiation instructions from the guru, Srila Prabhupada says, and we don't see this. Um, we don't see this in the Bhaktivasamrita to Sintur, uh, in the discussion of the uh, previous anga, the second anga in the bhakti-rasamanta-sindra, Srila Prabhupada writes. So here he kind of creates a a segue or transition to Vishram Penas Seva. The attitude of the disciple should be to satisfy the bona fide spiritual master. Then it will be very easy for him to understand spiritual knowledge. This is confirmed in the Vedas. And Rupa Goswami will further explain that for a person who has unflinching faith in God and the spiritual master, everything becomes revealed very easily. So Srila Prabhupada, this is confirmed in the Vedas and what he's, what he's uh, paraphrasing here, what he's alluding to at least, but I think he's, it's very clear that he's uh, paraphrasing or maybe even translating this verse from the Shreta Upanishad. para Devita tasyaite katita on Only unto those great souls, mahatmas, who have unflinching and identical faith in the guru and the Lord, are all the imports of the Vedic scriptures revealed. They show precaution. It means they, they reveal themselves. Um, so uh, what is our endeavor? We, we talk about bhakti as having two parts, uh, endeavor and grace. And what is our endeavor? Our endeavor is to attain uh, that grace. Uh, just as we see in uh, the Damodar Leva. Mother Yashoda tried and tried and tried so hard to uh, bind Krishna so that he wouldn't go get into more mischief. And uh, however many ropes she gathered, and there are a lot of ropes in her household because her husband is the king of cowherds and rope is an important piece of equipment for cowherds, and her neighbors were all the wives of cowherds. So there are plenty of ropes there as well. No matter matter how many times she tried to bind Krishna, she came up two fingers short. And those two fingers uh, 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 symbolize effort and grace. And finally, with all that effort, the flowers in her hair came out, her hair came down, she's perspiring. Um, uh, Then Krishna allowed her to bind him, not as much with the ropes as with Um, her affection, her love, her pre So we see that. um, That's sort of a transition to this. And then we see serving the spiritual master with faith and confidence. And we see the same verse from the uh, 11th canto. My dear Uintava, the spiritual master must be accepted not only as my representative, but as my very self. You should never... um, be considered on the same level with an ordinary human being. One should never be envious of the spiritual master as one may be envious of an ordinary man. The spiritual master should always be seen as the representative of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And by serving the spiritual master, one is able to serve all the demigods." Now, it's a really nice way to translate this. It's, it's, by serving the guru, one is able to serve all the deities. It's like watering the root, right? Well, it's, it's, it's really nice. But the verse itself focuses on that, that reverence, that distance. Um, so it's in the heading that Srila Prabhupada captures the essence of Vishrampa, Vishrampaina Guru Seva. And um, so I think I need to stop sharing this. Oh, no, I don't. Because it's still in Another tab. So if we look at the uh, the moner Williams Sanskrit English dictionary, we look for Vishramha, and what we see is slackening, loosening, or relaxation or cessation, or trust and confidence in. This is more to our point, right? Trust or confidence in. And then um, we also see an absence of restraint, familiarity, intimacy. Confidential, uh, and then we see it in that it indicates confiding confidential. so there's there's uh, this huge emphasis on trust, confidence. And Prabhupada captures that in his heading um, to this uh, to this section of chapter seven of the Nectar of Devotion, serving the spiritual master with faith and confidence. Now, I wrote about this um, a few years ago in an article that was published on The Harmonist and I believe elsewhere as well. Um, So I'd like, if if you will indulge me, I would like to um, to share that article with you folks and we can read through it together. Um, I don't remember exactly when I wrote this. I don't remember if I wrote it after I accepted some or whether it was before, Uh, but it's been published a few times on The Harmonist. So um, I, I, called it, uh, I, I called the article, Intimate Guru Seva, the Spiritual Catalyst. And a catalyst is something that changes the nature of something. It makes something happen, right, if you generally see that. And, but I was also thinking of it in terms of my own kind of a personal cultural uh, life. So when I was younger, I spent as much time surfing with my friends as I could, because most of the surfing spots on the island of Oahu were coral reefs. And these were the days before surfboards had leashes. Our surfboards frequently had holes in the fiberglass surface that would let water in to the styrofoam core. Because I had a good eye and hands for the job, I regularly patched dings in my boards and those of my friends. Anyone who's worked with fiberglass knows that while the resin and fiberglass give strength to the surfboard, the resin only hardens when we add a catalyst uh, beforehand. So anyone who's done surfboard or boat repair or any kind of work with fiberglass, uh, you know, they, they know that they have to add this catalyst, this chemical to the resin that will make it harden in a short time. Take it, it'll take it from a um, viscous, very very sticky mess um, into something um, that's as hard as glass, especially with the uh, at, when it's over um, uh, has fiberglass when uh, it's coating fiberglass, it's, so it's got these glass uh, strands holding it together. And surf so surfboard um, surfboards uh, the shell of a surfboard can, is quite strong, but it's also brittle, it can be brittle. So when it uh, receives a a hard or sharp blow from something, it can get a hole in it. Of all the elements, the catalyst is the essential constituent in the process, the component that makes the whole system effective. Spiritual practice also has a number of elements that work together to ensure its success. As with surfboard manufacture and repair, it has one essential constituent that serves as its catalyst, devotion to Sri Guru. Saints and scriptures have all characterized Guru Bhakti as absolutely essential to spiritual progress. Krishnadas Kaviraj says in Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita Tamrita that the spiritual master's instruction is the active principle in spiritual life. This is Srila Prabhupada's translation of Acharya Mata Jai Se Mata Sa. Sar means essence, Am. So, and it's the uh, instruction of the guru that is the essence of our spiritual life. It's the active principle. This is the catalyst. The Bengali word Srila Prabhupada uses, renders his active principle here is sara. Another way to understand this word is essence or essential principle. Consequently, surrendering to the guru is itself the essence of spiritual life, is failing to do so means we completely, completely miss the point of spiritual endeavor. Rendering our attempts at progress useless. I mean, we can remember that the Guru is dear to Krishna. Prabhupada used to say, Love me, love my dog. If you want to show your love for me, you also, you also have to show your affection for my dog. Otherwise, how can I accept your love? Jilajiba Goswami says in the Bhakti Sandarbha that satisfying the Guru is the main cause of attaining love, divine love, and service. In support of this assertion, he cites cites the Agama Shastra, as an alchemist's touch turns copper into gold, so the spiritual master's touch makes his disciple transcendental, like Lord Vishnu himself. He further cites the Godhead as declaring, first one should worship his guru, and afterward one should worship me. One who does this attains perfection, one who does not finds that all his efforts are in vain. Moreover, Sri Jiva cites Sriman Bhagavatam where Sri Krishna himself says, I, the soul of all beings, cannot be satisfied as much by ritual worship, by generating progeny, by observing penances, or by self-control, as I am by faithful service rendered to one's spiritual master. It seems then that service to the spiritual master is what accounts for any success in our attempts at making spiritual progress. With these truths in mind, in the te- devotees in the temples founded by his divine grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada and his followers around the world begin each day with a meditation on the guru by singing Vishwam Chakravartyataka's Guru Vashtaka. In the eighth of his prayers, Chakravartyataka says, By the spiritual master's mercy, one may receive Krishna's blessings. Without the guru's grace, one can, no one can make any spiritual progress. So from the beginning of Godia Vaishnava, Vaishnavism spread in the West, Srila Prabhupada established the central position of the guru in the lives of the sadhakas. But as in surfboard repair, where we uh, attain optimal results by adding just the right catalyst in just the right manner, we attain optimal results in cultivating Krishna Bhakti by developing a particular kind of service to the Guru. Bhakti Vasamrita Sindhu tells us that practical spiritual life is built on the foundation of taking shelter of a spiritual master, which includes several components. There, Srila Rupa Goswami explains the first, those first components of sadhana. Guru Pada Sryas Tasmat Krishna Dikshadi Shikshanam Vishram Guru Seva. So we have all three of those first three Angas. Guru um, Parashvayas Tasmat Krishna Dikshari. Right? Um, taking shelter of the Guru's feet um, as well as um, taking initiation into the Krishna mantras and accepting um, instruction. Diksha, Dikshari, Diksha, and Shiksha. And Vishram Vishrambena Guru Seva. Asadaka takes shelter of the Guru accepts initiation, takes instruction from, and serves the guru with faith, with trust. Sometimes we see the word Vashramba translated as respect or reverence, and a relationship with the guru rooted in reverence is undoubtedly helpful, especially in earlier stages of practice. So we talked about that um, a few minutes ago. And uh, and it's not at all inappropriate that, when we talk about this Anga of Bhakti, that we talk about reverence, that we talk about uh, respect, because uh, the verse that's used as evidence for that supports that idea. But a quick exploration of that word reveals that the character of the relationship with the spiritual master should come to be quite different, should come to be quite different from the kind of distance implied in words such as respect and reverence. Srila Rupa Goswami himself Defines Vishrampa later in the Bhakti vasamrita Samy to Sindhu in the context of discussing the mood of friendship, Sakyaras. He says, he says that Vishramba is a deep, familiar trust between two friends as equals, free from any sort of restriction or control. In his commentary on this verse, Srila Jiva Goswami further explains that this deep trust implies not only freedom. From excessive reverence and fear, but also a sense that the friends are in no way different from each other. Elsewhere, Vishnu Srila Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur says that it's a sense that one's own body, one's own life, body, mind, intelligence, clothes, and everything else are one with those of the object of love. This is how closely we should identify with the guru. Uh, The subordination is always going to be there. But that, and, and Rupa Goswami uses deep familiar trust. This is, this is a very, this is a more intimate relationship than we see in uh, reverence and respect. The reverence and respect are there, but this other, this other stuff should be there. We should be able to, as, I'll, as, as we'll see, read the guru's heart, anticipate what the guru needs. Sometimes Srila Prabhupada talked about first, second, and third class uh, servants. The first-class servant is someone who knows what the master wants, what the master needs, and doesn't need to be asked. The second-class servant is one who, when asked, uh, uh, provides what the, what the master needs. And the third-class servant is someone who can't get it together, um, even when the master explains what, what, the, what he or she needs and, and how, to, how to attain it. So... Um, one with those of the object of love. So Vishram Guru Seva points to a service based on a deep sense of identity with the Guru to the extent that the disciple has no doubt whatsoever that the Guru has only his or her best interests in his heart. The disciple then has complete freedom to reciprocate, acting with no interest other than the Guru's interest. In this way, such mature affection for the Guru uh, which should never be mistaken for mundane sentiment. This is not friendship. Friendship actually means on a platform, equal platform. But there's a f- there, c- there can grow a friendliness between the guru and the disciple, and this is a desirable thing. We saw that in the, especially in the very early days of San Francisco. Uh, especially, you would see that Prabhupada would sometimes be very relaxed in his quarters with the disciples. He's leaning against the the wall, uh, sitting on a cushion, leaning against the wall behind the the trunk that he used as a desk, um, just in a dhoti and t-shirt or sweatshirt, and joking with the devotees. One uh, one of my god sisters who was there then uh, describes it as, just like a cowherd boy, she would say, just like a cowherd boy. But then when there was something some, uh, a program to do, and Srila Prabhupada would go in, he would wash his face, he would put on fresh tilak, he'd come out and then he put on his uktariya, his top part, his dhodia, and as as she would describe it, his acharya face, and, and he would get serious. And uh, so, um, so this is not some mundane idea of friendship. The focus in turn forges a sense of mamata, which Srila Jiva Goswami defines as a complete identity with the beloved, such that the identity and feelings of one and their beloved are not separate. This mood appropriately describes the feeling the Vrajavasis have for Krishna. As Srila as Prabhupada often defined Krishna consciousness as the realization that I am Krishna's and Krishna is mine. We may also define mature guru-pakti as the sense that I am the guru's and he, or more to the point, his or her desire is mine. So just how deeply does this identification run? How far does this intimacy extend? Vishwanath Thakur has said that a disciple who is deeply absorbed in the service of the guru may even ignore practices such as hearing and chanting knowing that by of seva alone, he can easily attain complete perfection and devotion. So sometimes the guru may ask the disciple to do something which might make it hard to do the kind of ordinary, the day, the everyday duties of the disciple might make it hard to chant a certain number of rounds or um, engage in their deity, seva puja in the way to which they might be accustomed. But by the guru's blessings this, this this doesn't have to be an impediment to the disciples progress more remarkably he says such a disciple completely absorbed in guru seva may even ignore the divine bliss arising out of hearing and chanting and he does, he or she does not even seek out the kind of secluded place suitable for Pajan. this assertion in no way minimizes the practices of sadhana bhakti our experiences in fact that the guru teaches us to engage progressively in cultivating practices. So the guru's actual teaching, the guru's actual instruction, the way the guru actually engages us, in, is to emphasize those practices that grow our bhakti. But service to the guru also does that. Rather, it strongly underscores, as Vishwanath says in his commentary, the supremacy of service to the guru above all else. It is our affectionate service to the Guru that activates the other devotional practices and makes them pleasurable to Krishna, makes them enjoyable like Krishna, right? This sense of identity with the Guru, this kind of mamata, then gives the disciple at least a glimpse into the Guru's heart. This should yield a more mature, more intimate friendship with the Guru than a sort of a official beginning relationship based solely on reverence and perhaps a more dynamic understanding of, of Guru Tattva. The more, this more mature connection will affect what um, means to bring about a deeper sense of surrender, which may ex- express itself practically in a number of ways. We can find an illustrative example at the end of my Guru Dave's pastimes with us. Although critically ill, Sri Prabhupada said that he wanted to visit Govardhan Hill by bullet cart. In those days, the roads around Raja were not paved as they are today. So the ride would have been very hard on Prabhupada, especially in his frail condition. His Ayurvedic physician advised against the trip, averring that it would have been tantamount to committing suicide. Two parties developed among the disciples caring for him at the time. One party thought that as faithful disciples, we should accommodate Prabhupada's desire however painful it may seem to us. The other party argued, even to Srila Prabhupada himself, that they could not let him make the trip because of the danger. Now, rather than judging either party superficially, which may lead us to view those who objected to the trip as disrespectful of the spiritual master, an open-minded consideration may show instead that their position expressed a more intimate understanding. affectionately affectionately supporting his comfort and health and thereby his commitment to spreading Krishna consciousness by presenting transcendental transcendental literature and teaching worldwide. Another instance where a disciple demonstrated a mature focus on Srila Prabhupada's heart or his essential desire was during one of his arrivals in the U.S. devotees would customarily meet Srila Prabhupada at the airport and then gather at the local temple for a more formal reception. On one such a- occasion, Swami Chupurari, a Brahmachari at the time, had spent the day at the airport distributing Srila Prabhupada's books. He changed from street clothes into his monk's robes in order to join the other devotees and greeting Srila Prabhupada as he arrived at the gate. However, because it was Friday, the busiest day at the airport, When the rest of the devotees in the community returned to the temple for Srila Prabhupada's formal reception, he elected to remain at the airport and continue his service. In the meantime, at the temple, Srila Prabhupada noticed his absence and asked about it. When informed that he had remained at the airport to distribute more books, Srila Prabhupada expressed his pleasure, praising his disciples' service attitude. We can see this identity with the guru heart, guru's heart, most, perhaps most vividly in Srila Prabhupada's own service to his spiritual master. While Srila Bhaktivedanta Thakur took seriously Mahaprabhu's desire that this movement be taken everywhere, and his son and disciple Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur uh, took practical steps towards systematic propagation of Mahaprabhu's teachings beyond the Indian, Indian subcontinent. Srila Prabhupada tra- brought this transcendental revolution to fruition, giving Mahaprabhu to all kinds of people around the world. In fact, although he worked with his godbrothers for decades, he ultimately found it necessary to work outside the formal framework of the institution of his own, that his own guru had created for this work. It was then that he was able to translate, publish, and distribute many authentic Vedic texts, establish temples on every continent except Antarctica, and trained thousands of disciples to carry on his work. Reflecting on Prabhupada's mission, Srila B.R. Sridhar Maharaj concluded, um, one of his prominent godbrothers, concluded that Srila Prabhupada had been personally empowered by Lord Nityananda Prabhu to give Krishna consciousness to everyone. After reading the poems Srila Prabhupada had written aboard the Jaladutta and on his arrival at Boston Harbor, he reasoned that Srila Prabhupada had emptied himself of all desires except serving his spiritual master by working hard to spread Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's message. Srila Sridhar Maharaj also required how Srila Sarasvati Thakur had said that if he had another ten years to live, he would have gone to New York City and preached from there. Our Srila Prabhupada Sridhar Maharaj, gave Srila Prabhupada, gave Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Prabhupada those ten years plus two more. His preaching was successful beyond what most could have imagined. The essence of devotional service for a disciple then seems to be dedication to the service of the spiritual master without any reservation, with complete confidence that such service will carry us to Krishna's lotus feet. This confidence finds support in Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur's assurance, that those of us who regularly chant his eight beautiful verses of praise to the, of the Guru during the Brahma Mahurta will certainly attain direct service to not Sri Krishna. A so. Using just the right hardener in appropriate amounts yields the strongest shell for a surfboard, giving the surfer the greatest confidence in the board for riding even the most powerful waves. In a similar way, real devotion, confident, intimate, affectionate service to the spiritual master, most effectually, most effectively cures our spiritual practice. Hmm. Matures, that cures in the sense of matures, oh, not repairing or healing necessarily. Transforming, in, transforming our spiritual practice into pure devotional service. Such Paina Guru Seva best equips the practitioner for confidently riding even the waves arising from deep within the ocean of the nectar of devotion. So Srila Rupa Goswami tells us um, in the second chapter of Bhakti Vasamrita Sindhu that out of the 64 ungas, the first 20, 10 nisheta or instruction, I mean, I'm sorry, 10 vidhi, um, or instructions, rules, and 10 nisheda, um, uh, or uh, restrictions, prohibitions, um, or don'ts, the 10 do's and 10 don'ts, um, that these constitute the entrance to the temple of bhakti. And then he says, out of these 20, the first three, the three uh, items having to do directly with the spiritual master are most essential. Without this connection with the spiritual master, without the connection with the Pakta, we don't really have we um, don't really have access to bhakti. And then oh and I wanted to share one more thing before we run out of time. Where's my screen? Share screen. Oh, it's in the Kingdom, I think. Um, I read this actually just this morning um, here at the Honolulu Temple. Um, after the Mangalarti and Tulasi Puja, many, in many temples, they uh, recite the 10 offenses to the holy name. And, it becomes kind of rote, a little mechanical sometimes and I thought a couple of years ago I thought wouldn't it be interesting if instead of just rattling through the 10 offenses which we wouldn't be able to do if somebody asked us let's say at 2.15 in the afternoon what are the 10 offenses to the holy name but somehow or other in that context we can somehow or other get through those 10 offenses Um, if we actually read about them read read what sheila Thakur Haridas has to say about the 10 offenses to the, uh, the, avoiding the 10 offenses to the holy name and Harimach and family. So today we read in the uh, section, the uh, chapter on sadhu ninda, Arkhaminotaka writing about the influence of the sadhu. This brings us back to all three of these things the importance of the sadhu, the importance of the guru and the disciple's life. So he, this section is headed Spiritual Influence of the sadhu. Krishna's spiritual energy of bhakti, composed of hladini and sambit shaktis, resides in the pure Vaishnava devotee. For this reason, by contacting a Vaishnava, one can receive Krishna bhakti. And for this reason also, the food remnants, foot water, and foot dust of the pure Vaishnava are powerful means to nurture devotion. If one stays near a pure Vaishnava for some time, one can receive the bhakti energy flowing from his body. If one can bind that energy in one's heart after having developed strong faith, bhakti will develop and one's body will begin to to travel, tremble in ecstasy. Living in proximity to a Vaishnava, one will soon develop bhakti in one's heart. One will begin chanting the holy name and then by the influence of the name, one will receive all the good qualities, which are the symptoms. Of a real life, so we see um, from all the things that we've examined um, in our discussions um, of these three ungas of sadhana bhakti, the importance um, of the guru in the disciple's life, the importance um, of serving the guru, committing um, to and serving the guru um, in uh, the in our um, ability uh, to progress. And spiritual life. So I'll stop here since we're almost at the bottom of the hour and see if there's any further discussion, any questions or comments that devotees want to make. And I believe the setting is that you folks can unmute yourself if you want to. Krishna Kumari?
1: Yes. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. (laughs) Nice to see you, Maharaj. How are you?
0: Good to see you. I'm okay. Thank you. How about you?
1: I'm good too. Thank you. You look good. Um, Thank you. Um, I, um, my little, just real quick, my background I was um, initiated in ISKCON Mm -hmm. and um, 20 plus years ago. And so I've been listening to, Sri Chaitanya Sangha devotees um, giving um, classes in that, and it's just been really wonderful. So I'm I'm kind of harmonizing what um, mm-hmm. my background from ISKCON and and from the Sangha is, and so um, this is just a really wonderful class. Thank you so much. I've gotten so much out of it, and my, I think my question is is that I there are devotees that. Um, are really attracted to Krishna consciousness and have been, you know, practicing for sometimes years. And they are really hesitant to make, make that next step to get initiated, to accept the guru. And um, uh, for me, my thought is just when I have watched some of the initiations that um, Swami Chirpurari has done, it's, it's so different. There's They're not expected to, like, it, recite the four, just the principles. Um, it's like, okay, you're accepting um, Diksha and you're gonna chant rounds, but it's not like, okay, you promised to chant 16 rounds. So uh, the people that I talk to and that I know it's like, they don't feel like they can make that commitment to those four regulative principles. It's like, it's too much of a, a step up a goal to reach. And so then they, they, they feel like they're gonna fail. And not be able to live up to that commitment, and um, I feel like that's a real disservice that we're doing to these devotees, and that there needs to be more discussion about that, and that everybody's in a different place, you know, with their practice, and and so you know I I picked up my practice and um, in my forties, and so it's and in ISKON, so like I said, I'm trying to harmonize all of this together. Mm-hmm. And so I was just wondering what your thoughts on that are, about that and, and how we can be more compassionate and not have people feel like this This is, if you don't, if you're not at this goal right now, then you can't become, um, have a guru or become a disciple in that way.
0: It is how Srila Prabhupada presented it. it for, for him, mm-hmm. the requirement for initiation was that you had demonstrated um, not only your willingness, but your ability to, to uh, to chant those sixteen rounds and um, and to observe those four strictures, <clears throat> which are presented themselves as, as we know, um, at the end of the first canto of, of the Bhagavatam, so those they're like seen as pillars of of well pillars of moral life, much more than mm-hmm. to speak of spiritual life, because they're actually antidotes to the four pillars of the sinful life that characterizes Kali Yuga. So um, I. Frankly, um, and and I've discussed this with him on a number of occasions, and and I very much uh, like the way um, Tripari Maharaj presents them, that rather than uh, us publicly vowing that I'm never going to ever do this again, um, and uh, that he 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 makes it really clear. Part of initiation means an agreement to avoid these things which act as... um, obstructions to our spiritual progress. They're not permanent obstructions because if bhakti is a ahaituki, if it doesn't have any cause other than itself, then it also can't be stopped by anything. Um, although it can be impeded by our uh, offenses or by our um, careless practice or neglect or whatever. So um, we slow down, we run into bumps. Um, so I really, um, I've always appreciated the way he presents this. These are things that, that impede um, our spiritual progress, at least to some extent. And so the, we, be, we begin, and this is an initiation. You don't have to be a pure devotee to take initiation, right? Because this is the, this is the, the real start to our spiritual life. This is where you know, you're pushing the car down the hill, and the car's moving. But here's where you um, put it into gear, and they'll let the clutch out, right? And have get that jump start, um, and the engine gets going, and then your spiritual life is able to move on under its own power. In a sense, it's actually moving under the guru's power. That engine is the guru's instruction. So um, you get, but you get the engine started by that by that uh, by initiation, I guess. So I really like the way he does that, and it is a, a problem. Um, for devotees who think that, oh my God, you know, I, I, and I've 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 known so many devotees over the last fifty odd years who, you know, can't make that commitment because of those four rules or because of the they're not sure. Oh my God, if I don't chant sixteen rounds every day, I'll commit some great offense if something happens mm-hmm. and, and you know, my life gets upended, and, um, or somehow or other I find you know, I find myself in bad association. life you know. I, I deviate a little bit, uh, then everything will be ruined. But Narada Muni tells Vyasadeva in the fifth chapter of the Bhagavatam, fifth chapter of the first canto of the Bhagavatam, that even if we give up our practice because of, as Vishnu says, because of poor determination or Shri the Prophet said, bad association, mm-hmm. nothing's lost. Nothing's lost because we're haunted as Vishama talk. Well, the verse says, We become haunted by rasa. We become become haunted by the taste that we've gotten from whatever service we've done to the Lord as if by a ghost we can't shake, right? So bhakti is that powerful. It's the most powerful thing. Um, There's a verse um, that Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur, I think, discusses in um, Madhurya Kadamban. Uh, I can't remember the Sanskrit off the top of my head. Um, Bhakti-reva-darsayati, Bhakti-reva-nayati. Now, I can't remember the rest of the verse. not can remember with the first two padas. Um, that bhakti ha- only Bhakti has the power to show us Krishna. Bhakti-reva-nayati. Bhakti-reva-darsayati. Bhakti-reva-nayati. Bhakti- only Bhakti has the power to draw us close to Krishna. And the third pada, only Bhakti has the power to control Krishna. And the last pada says, therefore, Bhakti is the most powerful thing of all. So, and Krishna assures us that if someone has this um, single desire to serve Krishna, that even if they do the most horrible things, they're still to be considered saint, they're still to be considered a sattus. Why? Because he considers them as sa- Because they're engaged in bhakti, because they're under the influence of Krishna's swarupa shakti, his internal potency, they're assured of success. Okay. So, if I have a fever today, in the example that's given, if I have a fever today and I'm taking my medicine, I know that the fever will go down tomorrow and will be gone the next day. So, Krishna says, by the power of that practice, they will, be, they will surely very quickly become righteous. He says that in the next verse at the end of the ninth chapter of the Gita. So, it, it does kind of seem like a service, a disservice to the, to the sadhakas. And, and to the society in general, to erect what seems like um, a foreboding, a forbidding wall even you mm-hmm. know, to, to, to the aspiring sataka, uh, to, to make that commitment um, to do those things. And we know most of, us, most of us have had days when we didn't finish 16 rounds or uh, we found ourselves doing something that's a little less than ideal. Um, especially by the Prabhupada's standards, you know? Maybe someone drink coffee, um, or depending on which devotees you talk to, eats chocolate, mm-hmm. or maybe drinks green tea or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, oh, that's a big fall down. But um, the, the bhakti is, you know, the, the, the commitment to the service of the Guru is, is the, the actual active principle. And, okay. um, and so I think a more generous, especially when it comes to the first initiation, when it becomes to um, blessing the devotees chanting of Hade Nam, I think uh, uh, great generosity uh, is certainly um, appropriate, can, may be appropriate. And so the within ISKCON, you know, the institution has these strictures that, you know, you and especially nowadays, it's become very bureaucratic. This disciple has to take a course. The guru has to take a guru course. Um, and, and, after, and then the guru has to be approved by um, a group of, of devotees who know that person um, and then recommended to the GBC. And then the GBC, this, this governing body, for the worldwide uh, governing body for the society, has to give their imprimatur. And only then. Uh, and then the disciple... Has to promise you know, to chant 16 rounds. And I have, I know one, one friend of ours, um, a young woman who we met when she was still a girl on the Big Island, um, who uh, grew, she was, grew up as a young child at New Vrindavan. And um, she had um, a strong affinity for um, one of the uh, prominent devotees from New Vrindavan, who's still quite a prominent guru in this country. Uh, since, her girl, since her childhood, she wanted to, uh, she knew that she wanted to take initiation from this um, devotee. But he has this very strict standard. You've got to chant 16 rounds and follow the regular principles. I think for American devotees, it's like five years or something like that. He has a really long waiting list. And, and I remember when, when, we, when I was still married, my wife and I, as part of our preparing ourselves for my accepting us, moved to Alachua to get a good situation for my wife. Um, and this young woman was living there then. And we were um, spending some time with her, talking with her one time. And I asked her, lucky okay, how come you haven't accepted initiation yet? I know that you've been carrying this torch for for, for your guru uh, in, in your heart since you were a little girl. So how is it that you're like 25 now and you still haven't accepted initiation? she just said, Japa. I haven't been able to consistently chant 16 rounds. Yeah. And then on his next visit to Alachua, he actually accepted her for initiation. It was quite, quite this wonderful moment when he handed her her beads and he said, and how many rounds of Japa will you chant every day? And with tears in her eyes, she said, at least 16 rounds. <laughs> and by, his pow- by the power of that commitment, she's been able to do that for the last wow. several years. So I think, so, especially for the first initiation, some generosity is, is certainly appropriate. And, and I very much appreciate you bringing this up. This is, um, um, you know, this is um, the idea, the guru's business is to encourage the, uh, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the student, not to discourage the student. Um, so, um, and we saw, that devotees fell away from their practice, and Prabhupada, he may have said something to them, or oh, you should be more serious. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, I can't think of any instances where he rejected somebody just because, um, just because they lapsed into intoxication, um, or um, slept too often with their wife, or even, um, you know, with someone else's spouse, or something like that. I don't, ha- I don't know of any instances where he rejected them or because um, they had difficulty with their job. Um, I, I even know of instances where devotees fell away for some time and they asked him to chant on their beads again. And he said, no, no, it's not necessary. Once you've been initiated, whatever beads you chant on are sanctified. Mm-hmm. I remember a letter he wrote to that, like that to one of my godbrothers in 1970. Um, so yeah, I mean, this is, this is, it's all it's all about grace. We make an effort um, to open our hearts. to It's not like we can actually attain grace. I sometimes talk about um, mercy uh, 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 or, or kindness, charity, grace, uh, in the sense of, of qualification. What's the qualification for, for mercy?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's need, right? Nobody's going around. Nobody's going around doing a GoFundMe for Mark Zuckerberg or Jeff Zuckerberg or Jeff Bezos. Those guys have so much money that they're throwing away on on, on shooting themselves to the edge of space in rocket ships and stuff like that. Um, but when there's an earthquake in Haiti and the infrastructure of the entire country is destroyed, all of a sudden there's people texting, you know, 10 bucks to the Red Cross or whoever, like crazy to help the people in Haiti because of their need. Uh, you know, so what it was 10, 12 years ago, it was the hurricane. And then more recently on top of that, they're still trying to rebuild the country. And then there's this huge hurricane it completely devastates the country again. And again, everybody's on their phones texting, you know, 10 bucks, 20 bucks, 150 bucks, or whatever it is to whatever the number is that, you know, that you see on your screen. Um, so the, the, the quali- it seems to me the qualification for grace is, is need and acknowledgement of that need. Tasmat gurum prapadyeta, That tasmat has an antecedent, which is understanding the need um, for that grace. So, that's a wonderful question, Christian. Sure. It's taken me, I'm, it's going to, it's taken me much over my time and-, and uh, Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, it's, uh, I, I can take it, I'm a big boy. I'm 74 <laughs> years old, who's going to touch on that? The temple president might give me a scowl and, and, and say, oh, you're not supporting me or whatever. But, uh, that'll be the extent of it. So, such a wonderful question.
1: Well, thank you, that was very helpful. I appreciate your, Taking the time to answer that oh. as fully as you did, I'm I'm just gonna keep remembering that bhakti is the most powerful thing, and um, know that Krishna is taking care of all of us, and and in whatever ways that is, and just be encouraging, and um, you know, continue that association. So,
0: thank you. Yeah, you boiled the whole thing down in okay. a couple of sentences. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you. Is there anything else quickly? Yes. OK, um, then um, I guess we can adjourn um, for the day. Um, this is the conclusion of our discussion of tattva. However, um, I'll be back uh, next month, this time on Fridays, um, uh, to discuss, um, well, we're, we're just going to take a peek at the first three verses, the Mangalacharan um, of the Srimad Bhagavatam, um, which will be mm, quite an adventure for me as well. So I thank you all so much um, for blessing me with your company, and uh, uh, especially to Pudman Abamaj for engaging me like this, and to Sakyarati and Shamananda for um, making it possible for me to do this without completely messing things up uh, every, uh, every week. And uh, we'll see you this coming Friday. Thank you so much, Hare Krishna.
1: Thank Bhaktiv. Bye-bye.
0: Or Rindiki, Jack. Hare Krishna. Yeah.